Hi, good morning and welcome to the Best of Sherwood Park. I'm Kim Bruce and today we have a local um, doctor from Synergy Wellness, Dr. Lindsay Frunchak. She is, well, we just go a long way back and I thought this was a great opportunity for us to get on a call and really dive into the healthcare system and um, really be proactive for our own health. So um, Dr. F., Tell me, how'd you get started in this uh, in this health industry? Yeah, um, well, thanks for having me, Kim. Um, yeah, I guess like I've been in practice almost seven years now. So um, my whole kind of medicine journey has been over 10 years. Um, I, I think I knew I always wanted to be involved in healthcare somehow, even in high school. So uh, I just wasn't really sure which which way to go. And um, I had started kind of the physiotherapy route and I'd been in uh, working as a kinesiologist before I went back and uh, did some classes to apply to med school. And um, I, 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 to be honest, I'm not really sure sort of how I kind of decided. I think it was just sort of a, I think I'm going to go for it kind of moment and thinking I should, I should try at least. And I was living in Calgary at the time and their med school program um, is, is three years. So it's a bit of an accelerated program. And so it was kind of just, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to try this out and go for it and never look back. And I'm very happy with where I am today. So it was, it was a good choice for me. Yeah. Back in your roots, back in Sherwood Park, because this is yeah. where you grew up. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, is, do you think med school is harder to get into now than when you oh, yeah. were? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Why? Absolutely. Why? Oh, the, the applicants are just fierce. They're just awesome people. Like they, they do so much. Um, they are so accomplished at a young age. Um, so they, um, you know, <laughs> like they've done so much volunteer and they have like, just done so well academically. Like I, I feel like I would have a hard time competing against those people now. So it's very competitive. Yes. And I like, are you, are, would you suggest that that's for all the like a teacher, all the professionals? Do you think that's yeah, across the board? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I know even just like some of the other professional programs like law, physio, um, dentistry, like they're all just so, so competitive now. And, um, I think it's just the the level of achievement in in the um, people that are applying. They just are doing great things, and and they've accomplished a lot. So yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, my, I guess my, I wanted to talk to you about doctors in as a general because I think we as a as a population put a lot of a lot of onus on you as a doctor to make sure we're okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I find that, you know, just again, being an advocate for my health and for um, my, the community that I support, um, I'm, I'm all about taking responsibility. So as a doctor, how, you know, there, there's gotta be some, some good lines that you have to draw in the sand with some of your clients about, you know, being, um, proactive to their own health, that it, it can't just be, you know, you can't just fill another prescription or send another test in like, how can we be better patients for you as a doctor? 
Uh, that is a good question. I've thought about that actually often and, you know, spoken to my colleagues about this because um, there's definitely a, a role we play together, I think, you know, in that um, there's things that patients want to be able to do in terms of just, you know, their diet and exercise and how they live and uh, reducing alcohol and quitting smoking, like all of those things. Um, and I feel like that's where family doctors actually have a really important role in that um, we can help you with those things, right? And and so if if there's motivation to to start living a bit of a better life, then that's that's where I want to see those patients and say, yeah, you know what, um, I want to help you quit smoking. I have a really great nurse who does a bunch of counseling or you know, patients who um, want to exercise, but they can't because they have arthritis. It's like we have really good resources through our primary care network to, to help those people and get them into exercise programs. And so um, I think I think it's sort of just recognizing, too, that um, family doctors don't want to just prescribe things all the time to make make you better. Like we want to help you live better so that you live longer. Like when I see a 80 year old patient who comes in and they tell me they don't take any medications, you know, they're on calcium, vitamin D and, you know, they walk three kilometers a day. Like, I'm like, I want to be you. That right. is awesome. That is awesome. Good for you. Like you've obviously looked after yourself and, and made some good choices and, and, you know, stayed fairly healthy. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think recognizing where we can help with that um, and, and letting us be part of that for, for patients. I mean, it's also like there's a shortage of family docs, right? So the, the challenge is what are those people who don't have a family doctor do? And it's definitely more, more of a challenge for them, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is that? What, like, are we, we're obviously in a supply and demand issue, but yeah. is that because our standards have been raised and we are, and we don't have the facilities to put enough docs through what's going on? Um, I'd say there's, there's some burnout in family medicine for sure. Uh, so COVID has taken a toll. Um, family medicine is harder, I think, for, for most, I don't, can't speak for all my colleagues, but I think just compared to starting practice and now, we see a lot more mental health um, than we ever used to. So that's a challenge for sure. Um, and it would be nice to have more supports for mental health, you know, free counseling, um, open clinics, walking clinics, uh, things like that, right? That I think would just take a lot of the, the burden off primary care. Um, but doctors are leaving. That's, that's essentially what's happened is doctors are leaving the province. Um, and whether they're family doctors or specialists, I think it's both. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've seen it in our clinic, even in the last, I don't even know, couple of years, there's definitely been docs that have sort of um, given up their panels and moved on to other things or moved to other provinces. And, um, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's definitely room for family medicine to feel more valued in the healthcare system. I don't know if that's just my sentiment, but maybe some, some others too. So my hope in the future is that uh, the focus can be shifted back onto to primary care. And um, I see some really great residents that come through my clinic and they're they'd be amazing family docs and I you know kind of push them a little bit or nudge them to stay in Alberta but uh, I feel like you know the climate here isn't great so I, I think we're losing a lot of 
a lot of docs to, to other places right now. And is that um, due to the compensation that they get or some of the, um, you know, just less bureaucratic tape yeah. that they have to deal with? Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't even say it's a compensation thing. I would say it's a, um, you know, just, just feeling supported. Um, mm. Lots of docs have gone on to BC and um, I actually, I don't know specifically what their, um, you know, agreement is or, or how that is, but um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's financially driven at all, to be honest. I think it's like, uh, do I feel valued? You know, is my work appreciated? And that's, that's important. Right. So. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I mean, it's one thing to have uh, patients that appreciate you, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we all like to believe that we're part of a bigger system that, um, you know, help people. And that's why we're in the, that's why you're in the industry is you totally. want to see people be successful, yeah. but there's also got to be something from driven from the top down for you as practitioners to feel that you're supported. Um, so I appreciate that. And the, 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 the honesty on that, because that, uh, I, I just don't think, you know, we assume because of some of the things that come from the news that this is how, you know, um, docs are, um, docs get paid well and they get to the you know they have this and that and these free reigns and uh, but we but this is why I wanted to to really dive into you know like how do we help ourselves so that we're not in a situation where we have to be reactive to um to things that we could have actually prevented do you think that let's just talk about the basics you know, eating a better diet, getting rid of some uh, getting rid of alcohol, smoking, moving, how much of that, if we put it on a scale of um, one to a hundred percent, how much of that gives us baseline? Is that 80%, 50%? Oh, I'd say probably 80. Yeah. Wow. 80 because I mean, um, you know, the, the thing that can sort of you know, work against you, I guess, is potentially your genetics, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, unfortunately, have family history of, of diabetes or, you know, things like that, where, unfortunately, they're just more predisposed. But that being said, I have had some patients who have, you know, completely changed their lives with changing their lifestyle. So um, there's so many things that people don't really, um, I guess, attribute to to how they're living and, and to how their um, function is, right? Like people who come to me after they've quit smoking are like, oh, I can exercise and I can breathe now. And it's just like little things like that, right? Or, or patients who've lost weight and go off all their medications. So they stop their, uh, you know, their diabetes medication or their uh, blood pressure medication. They stop using their CPAP for sleep apnea because they don't have sleep apnea anymore. Like there's there's so many things that um, lifestyle gets you for sure. So, um, and even for myself, you know, um, cause I think doctors sometimes get so busy and, and, and uh, um, preoccupied with work and work and work that um, we still have to prioritize our own health and, and make time to do that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I'd say for sure, at least that 75, 80%. Um, it, it's huge for sure. What does your day look like? Is it um, like go from the minute you walk in the door? 
Um, it can be, yeah. So I've made some changes in my own life just so that I can sort of, I think, be uh, be a better role model for my kids and just um, a better role model for my patients. So, you know, I don't want to be that person that's like, well, you need to exercise so much per week and then I go home and I'm a couch potato. Like that's not... That's not what I uh, signed on to do or, or to to promote, and so I think you kind of have to practice what you preach a little bit, right? So, um, I mean, I've started to book myself a lunch break now, and um, I never used to do that. But I mean, of course, you need to eat lunch. Like you can't work eight-hour days without taking a break, right? And um, just drinking more water through the day. Uh, I joined a, an exercise group and we work out most mornings at six in the morning. Cause that's the only time I can really do it. But again, those things all take like, you know, some effort to put into, and it wasn't easy and it didn't happen overnight. Um, but ultimately I think I'm living a healthier life and, 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 um, you know, uh, my behavior is sort of, um, I'm actually, you know, kind of modeling what I, what I tell patients now and that these are the things I think you have to value and, and, and make time for. Um, cause, cause it won't happen, right? Like it won't, it's, it's like saying you want to wait for the motivation. It might never come. So you, you kind of have to, to push to, to get started and then things get easier. It gets much easier once you've, once you've been doing it, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, those things just have to be part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. While well, you're talking to the converted as well, uh, I always look at motivation. They they uh, suggest it's a noun in the in the dictionary, so it's like you know it's a word that um, that's uh, that, that that's a noun. There's no action to motivation, so you really just have to put one foot in front of the other and you know start the process, and and that could be as little as like you said having some more water every day. Um, okay, so uh, general health general health, because I'm an aging population. And I certainly appreciate that as I age me, there may be things that come up for us um, more so uh, that we need to be a little bit more proactive on. So just general health, an annual um, conversation with your doctor for your baseline tests. Um, so yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing. I, I kind of was hoping you'd bring that up because, um, I think there's things that we as family physicians see value in for patients in terms of screening, right? We screen for colon cancer, breast cancer, um, cervical cancer. And so, uh, keeping those things on your radar in terms of, um, you know, when am I going to be due for this? So, um, you know, for, for females, just keeping track of when, when would your mammogram be due? When would your pap be due and booking in for those things with your doctor, for sure. Annuals are kind of an interesting thing where, you know, evidence has sort of shifted away from um, recommending that everyone have an annual uh, physical. Um, it's sort of, it, it's sort of changed in that, uh, you know, young, healthy people who uh, have no active medical issues, if they're under the age of 40, they don't necessarily need uh, a complete every year. Um, so we actually call them, we've changed it. We call them a periodic health exam. And so when somebody comes in and they haven't been in for a couple of years, we'll, you know, go through their screening, make sure they're up to date, make sure their vaccines are up to date, um, check in with lifestyle stuff, you know, smoking, drinking, all that kind of stuff. How's your activity level? And um, I think that the role of the complete kind of, um, 
it is shifting a little bit into that, uh, you know, do we need to have blood work every year? Probably not if we're an otherwise healthy person. Um, if you're more high risk and say you have, you know, heart disease and diabetes and high blood pressure, then yes, these are the people we want to see more regularly for um, routine blood work and blood pressure checks and things like that. But um, I guess you could look at it in that, you know, if, if you're an otherwise fairly healthy person, um, you, you don't necessarily need to be um, at the doctor once a year, but if you have something that comes up, then that's definitely the time to, to come in. It's funny because um, I often see patients who will come in for their complete and they'll have like a list of 20 things to talk to me about. <laughs> and, you know, some of those things I'm like, oh, I wish I would have seen you six months ago for this because I'm a little concerned. And, and so I would say, you know, don't save everything up for your complete. Like if you have a concern or one or two, like see your doctor about them because sometimes they're more urgent than you think. And, and, um, and sometimes we just can't get through everything in a, in a complete physical. So then we're bringing you back anyway. So um, if you have things going on, don't wait for that appointment. Uh, see your doctor sooner. Yeah, that's a good, that, that, I mean, honestly, that would be me just saving things up because, it, you know, well, it doesn't bother me. So yeah. I'll just put it on the list of, I've got a, a notes of, to see Dr. F, these are the questions for her as uh, she's trying to get to 20 of the things done. Um, so I always appreciate it. And I think that's, I, I mean, and maybe this is just me, but I, I, and I don't know if it's old school, but there's a, there's a part of me that's like, well, I don't want to bother anyone. Right. Or totally. bother. Yeah. So, you know, like if I'm feeling good and nothing, you know, I get a little, I get a little itch that's not healing, you know, I don't necessarily think it needs to be looked after, but, you know, as we found out, well, yeah, we should actually look after it, yeah. but it, it's just like, well, I just don't want to bother anyone. So totally. I think we have to get past our own, our own, Absolutely. um, yeah, that, that we need to look after it. Okay. So after 40, is that when we need to see you um, at for our mammogram for our pap? Because even those have changed the, the spacing in between. Yeah. So um, paps now we start uh, screening at age 25 or three years after you become sexually active, whichever comes later, later. Okay. So it can happen later. And then if there hasn't been a history of, you know, any abnormals, it's every three years, but that's patient dependent. If a patient has had an abnormal in the past or anything like that, then, then that's their screening is different. It's more high risk. They're seen every year, but um, that's what I'm saying as a patient. Like if you know that for yourself, set a reminder in your phone, like, oh, I do have a PAP every year. So I should make sure I book that in. Um, mammograms have also changed recently um, in terms of screening. I think at, at the clinic I'm at, we um, we offer pretty, um, uh, I don't want to say intense, but proactive screening um, because we, we do see a lot of cancer. So, um, you know, your family history changes things. And that's another reason to talk to your doctor. Um, if you have a, a strong family history of breast cancer, you need a more high risk screening. So that can sometimes be an MRI alternating with a mammogram. Like there's, there's a clinic that sees high risk patients. So um, that's where family history is really important too. Um, and the newer guidelines for women without a family history is starting at 45. And I still offer women starting at 40. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Um, and then as far as what we can do, I mean, I do appreciate that we do have access to our own files. So my health, 
um, that's that that's linked up to our lab lab reports. What else do, do we see that we, can we see um, an X-ray result or an ultrasound result on my health? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's so there's my health and there's another one coming out. Um, Oh my that's gosh. connected to connect care right yes yes yeah. and so to be honest with you I'm not on either of those as a patient myself um I I think with my health you can see uh uh labs and imaging results and uh pathology okay that's good and, and my caution to that would be um if you feel comfortable interpreting your results um, then that's something that is a resource available to you. But if you um, don't have that same level of comfort or you feel like seeing those things, you know, can create some undue anxiety, then I would just stick to, you know, have your investigations done and then book your follow-up with your family doctor to go through it. Uh, because sometimes, you know, you'll see something in the red and think, oh, oh, this is bad. You know, this is bad. I gotta, they haven't called me, like something's wrong. And and it can be taken out of context a little bit. So um, that app, it, it's tricky. I'd say it's a bit of a slippery slope. If if um, if you're ever really worried about something or your doctor's worried, they will call you in. But it's always wise to just, you know, if you've had some investigations for something, book your follow-up appointment to go through them. Because even if you've seen something and you want to ask questions about it or you're worried about it, then you've got that appointment already booked, right, to go through them. So Absolutely. Because yeah. um, where, I mean, where does, so I go get my blood work done, the lab report comes to, up to you. So you have a quick check at it. If anything's um, that anything concerning comes up for you, you'll call me back in, but otherwise I could make a follow-up appointment before I even leave your office to come yeah. in and talk about those things. Absolutely. Yeah. I Are think your more offices, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, like our, our system now, we have a patient portal, which is, is uh, linked through our EMR. And so uh, I really like that because um, I can also message you about things and say, you know, have a look, this is back. Here's what's on there. Um, I'm going to do this for you. And so I think it's just that extra piece of like, hey, I've looked at this. I know what's going on. Um, so for me, I, I do prefer my patients look through, through our, um, EMR provided portal. Cause then I can also communicate with them a little bit about it. So, um, but yeah, I, I think more and more we're moving to this sort of, you know, uh, digital platform where everything's accessible and, um, we're, we're trying to navigate it too. Like it's, 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 it's new to us as well. So. Oh, I'm just waiting, you know, for the thing that you walk into the door does like the Fred Flint or the um, the Jetsons body scan. Yeah, you're good. Moving on. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, but it's ever changing. I mean, um, it, I've looked after my health, but I know as I'm, I can feel as I'm aging, the hormones are changing and um, aches and pains, little things come up. Like there, there's, there's, um, I can see as we get older, how much extra little care we need. Um, I'm always amazed at how long people wait before they start to look after themselves. And it, I mean, it, it, because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm, I'm just the, I'm the type of person that says 
floss your teeth twice or once and brush your teeth twice, you'll have great uh, gum dental care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're telling me that if I, you know, walk and exercise and move and eat better and and have some uh, water, like I'll have 80, I'll look after 80% of, of some of these underlying issues. Like that just makes sense to me. Uh, what I like, what, is that just, is that just something that is never ending? You have to hit the wall. You have to have a heart attack. You have to have high cholesterol before you actually start checking in with your health. Yeah. It's, it's really tough to say. I'd say it's like, it's complicated and it's not right. Like there's lots of factors that impact people being able to do those things. And, you know, I, I have some patients who are primary caregivers for a family member. And so they always um, prioritize family over themselves. Right. And they kind of just don't um, get that same, I guess, privilege to be able to look after themselves in a sense. So I'd say it's, it's a little bit hard to, to say, I, I wish that, um, you know, um, I, I heard this interesting quote, it was saying like, you know, looking after you, um, doesn't mean you're putting yourself first. It just means you're including yourself in that sort of, um, you know, uh, like schedule or list of your priorities. And so it's, you know, if you don't take care of you and you're a caregiver for someone, then, then what's going to happen to that person? I kind of like to reframe it for people too, right? Like, you still have to be there. And so, so part of it is you, you have to look after yourself and um, you know, there's, there's mental health barriers, there's, there's physical barriers. So I'd say um, it's, it's tough for sure. And um, but, but when I see people like take that initiative and, and, you know, say, yeah, I got to focus on me. It's time to time to do it. I've never seen anyone um, regret that ever, right? Because they see their their blood looks better, their you know arthritis feels better, they've lost weight and feel better, and so um, it, it pays off. It's just that sort of chunk of time from you know A to B and getting there. It, it's it's tough for some people for sure. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it. I mean, being in the in the industry, I can attest that when people take. Um, ownership and decide to take one step forward to moving the dial to a proactive approach, the, everything changes. They're like, not just their physicality, but everything, their energy, their sleep, their, um, their, their confidence, like it's just all encompassing. Yeah. So I, uh, I, but I do believe that it's important that we, you know, that we, we have a conversation and understand what our expectations and our limitations are with our with our family health or with our family doctor, do you have limitations for things like testing, like how many tests you can do per month? Or is there like, are you, are you limited to a budget of exams that you can perform for your patients? Uh, so it's not, it's not so much that I'm limited is that, um, when we practice, we're looking at sort of what's the evidence supporting, right? And so like, I'll give you an example of this. So I'd say probably, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, we uh, would order a vitamin D level on every right. Day, right? Yeah. Um, and then every single vitamin D level came back deficient. 
because we, right. you know, Canada, and we don't get enough sunlight here. And so literally every single person is, you know, somewhat a bit deficient. So um, they, we get sort of, uh, you know, um, presentations and there's organizations called Choosing Wisely and, and sort of uh, these, um, you know, platforms that talk about what, what is evidence-based and, and what should you be, how should you be sort of spending healthcare dollars in a sense, right? So, so now uh, vitamin D levels are ordered for certain people who are higher risk, um, but we don't routinely do them for everybody. It's a very, like, it's one of the more expensive tests. And so um, we, we just have to be a bit more cautious in who, who it's available to. Um, and, and, you know, I think um, the more we kind of learn about evidence and, and um, routine blood work and, and what that means, it's, um, you know, does this apply to this patient? Do they actually need to have their blood checked every year? Is it going to change my management of them? Or is it going to change, you know, what I recommend to them? Sometimes it doesn't, you know, same thing with cholesterol. If someone's had normal cholesterol, do I need to check it every single year? Probably not. Maybe every right. five years. Sure. Does their, did their family history change or, you know, like it, it's very patient dependent. Um, but I think we sort of have to be a bit responsible in terms of what, what we are ordering for patients. And, and, you know, sometimes patients here on social media, like, oh, I need to have my, my hormones checked, or I need my cortisol checked. I need these things checked. And, and, you know, in actuality, they don't, because um, if, if something was wrong, they would be symptomatic. They would, they would not be feeling great if, if there was truly a problem. So it's important to have the conversation as to why, why do you want those tests? Like something's bugging you, you're fatigued. Okay. Well, yeah, there is something I would do for that. It's different than what you're asking for, but um, we have the conversation about it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Last takeaways, anything that, um, from your perspective that, you know, that would be a catch-all for us as a, as a health, as, as somebody that wants to, you know, have longevity, anything that you can suggest, um, um, that for takeaways from you as a practitioner to make your job easier and their life better. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I guess, you know, the usual things, um, I, I think you definitely have to look after your physical health. You also have to look after your mental health, right? So um, I see so many people who are proactive about getting a therapist or a counselor. And I love that so much because everybody needs therapy. And so that's, you know, so important too. That helps me do my job um, with the physical part of things. Um, you know, like if you could just, you know, take one small goal kind of every month or, or couple weeks and, and just start small and go slow, you know, drink more water. That's it. That's what it's going to be for the two weeks. Um, you know, I'm going to get out and, and exercise with my kids. We're just going to go for a walk or a bike ride. Like it doesn't have to be something that's totally unattainable because you won't, you won't do it. Right. So it's like setting little goals, um, and just, you know, working towards them and, and trying to make yourself a bit more accountable. I think, those, those people end up doing so well. And, and they're the one, they're the 80 year olds that, you know, walk into my office and, uh, you know, they're snowbirds, they still travel and, um, you know, they're just living their best life still. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to see that. So, so little things for sure, but, but, you know, start small and you can get there, I think. 
I love it. I love it. Um, okay. And you're not, you like your practice is full. Yeah. yeah. I think cool. synergy is full though. Like, I don't yeah. think you have any new, new docs that are taking new clients. Right yeah. no. Okay. And, and so honest, for all of yeah, I was going to say, I probably get asked, you know, five to 10 times a week to take. Patients. Are you taking new clients? Yeah. 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 Exactly. No, I appreciate it. I thought I'd just throw it out there because yeah. I don't want a lot of, I, I'm going to get the questions. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, Dr. Mm -hmm. Franchek. This is amazing. I think that um, you've hit the nail on the head. 80%. So 80% of just the basic things that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis will give um, your health, um, uh, 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 the ability to just be healthy. And Ooh. so that you, when you go to see your doctor, it is just all about, um, maintaining and looking after things that are coming up. But ideally you've got this baseline of health that just makes things a whole lot easier to manage. Oh, um, have an, have an amazing day and thank you so much for your time. Thanks. You too, Kim.